It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Ben Malice, one of our faves on the overnight crowd. He's an NBA journalist and from the pick and roll, and he joins us this evening to talk some NBA. G'day, Ben. G'day. Happy to be here. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Uh, thanks for the time once again. Uh, off the top, I feel like we've spoken on a few incidents this year with players involved in altercations, and this week we've seen an all-timer in the LeBron James-Isaiah Stewart entanglement. Is the league a little bit chippier this year? Oh, good question. I don't know whether it's more chippier this year. I do know, like we said off the top there, that there's been a couple of interesting incidents this season, and what we saw this week in Detroit was, well, it was funny, I think, above all else, because, again, what LeBron did wasn't obviously to be condoned, but seeing Isaiah Stewart try to bum-rush the Lakers squad and try to get through a bunch of seven-footers was borderline hilarious. So between that and the Nikola Jokic incident a couple of weeks ago, you're right, there's been a couple of fiery moments to start the season, and it's great. I know all the fans back in attendance in America will be happy that the action is definitely kicking up a notch on the court. Uh, on that, is LeBron okay? Uh, he had a couple of fans tossed from that match versus Indiana when he made his return, which is fair enough. But is this a carryover of a lot of the reaction to his incident with Stewart? There could be some frustration of that incident with Stewart, although I think that incident with Stewart and what you mentioned later on in the week is just systematic of what him and the Lakers are going through at the moment. Yep in that nothing has gone right for them this season. They have clearly underperformed. LeBron himself has been injured and missed a large stretch of time. And dare I say it, LeBron is starting to look mortal for the first time in 20 years. And there's been some slippage, both in terms of his health and ability to get out there every night and also the performance of his team on the court. So the frustrations we're seeing from him coming from the fact the Lakers have had a disappointing start to this season, as I say, and that he's running out of time to not just rest the ship this season, but win another championship before his career fades out. So it's been a different start for LeBron, and that's probably putting it nicely. It's definitely the worst start to a season he's had since he was a rookie almost two decades ago. And there's a lot of work for him to do to turn things around for the Lakers team if they have any chance of making a deep playoff run like they like to think they can. So there's been some frustration for LeBron. The good thing is he did look like his old self to close out that Indiana game yesterday. And I know all the Lakers fans will be hoping that's a sign of things to come. Yeah, it just showed how uh, vital he is, isn't it, with that 39 points uh, effort and also mm-hmm. those couple of dagger threes in overtime to help them get that. And it's going to be a pretty important win uh, this early in the season. Yeah, again, they, the Lakers, that is, are just in a position now where they need to win as many games as they can. And whether they're blowout victories or close one-point victories that LeBron carries them to, it doesn't really matter right now. They need to stabilise their season by winning games and just buy themselves more time to gain cohesion from Russell Westbrook through to Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and all of the moving parts around them. So... The Lakers are in a position now where any win is a good win. And like you say, it was a great moment for LeBron, the first one he's had all season with those dagger threes. And again, everything I've just said is true, but the league will be in a better place if the Lakers can find their feet and LeBron can elevate them as the season gains some momentum.
Uh, Josh Giddy, he's become just the third teenager to reach 100 assists and 100 rebounds in their first 20 games. I suspect, though, he might have made it sooner if his teammates could finish off some of his dimes. Yeah, that's the gift and the curse of the situation <laughs> that Giddy has. With the Thunder this season, the gift is that that team isn't any good and that just means that he has had so much opportunity to start games, play big minutes, which, again, for an 18-year-old coming halfway around the world, is a massive step up. He's averaging almost 30 minutes a game, which is a great number because it means that he's getting the experience that he needs. And on the flip side, like you said, he's making passes and setting up teammates with shots and looks that they just can't convert at because... The talent around him leaves a bit to be desired. But like we've been saying when we've been catching up the past couple of months, when it comes to Giddy and this season and how we judge him, the statistics are nice and it's good to point to them. But the biggest thing I'm looking for with him is minutes played and how comfortable he looks out on the court. And from the moment he hit the preseason, he looked comfortable and it's only improved as the year's gone on. So... For him to join the likes of LeBron and Lamelo on that list is obviously great. For him to be putting up these stat lines is, again, awesome. But the biggest thing with him is just how comfortable he looks out there on the court. And for an 18-year-old moving from South Australia to the middle of Oklahoma, that is a great sign of what will hopefully be a big career and hopefully what will be a quick acceleration of his career and his talents as he gets more comfortable over there in the U.S., Excellent. And uh, great respect from Joe Ingalls to Josh Giddy in that Jazz versus Thunder Clash. Uh, signing the jersey, you just love to see it. Yeah, and that's a great moment. And it's a almost passing of the torch moment because we've been saying for the past couple of years that Josh Giddy reminds a lot of people of Joe Ingalls. And he almost is the millennial remix of Joe Ingalls because <laughs> they have similar body types. They have similar games. They both look a bit clunky and a bit slow out on the basketball court, but they're so smart and they're so intuitive with the basketball. And if Josh Giddy can have the career Joe Ingles has had in the NBA and perform at that level, that's going to make him a great success. And yeah, it was quite symbolic yesterday to see those two going up against each other, have that moment and provide a pseudo passing of the torch from Joe Ingles to Josh Giddy. Uh, over to the 76ers, Matisse Thybul putting up a season high uh, points tally of 15 versus the Kings this week. And he had a pretty cute reaction to it as well when he found out. Offensively, he's coming along very nicely, but his defensive efforts are still what captures the headlines for this uh, man, aren't they? Yeah, the Sixers have had a tough time the past couple of weeks after such. A promising start, Thybul, Joel Embiid, and Tobias Harris all got COVID and they've all been out of the lineup and barely played the past three weeks. So Harris has come back and during the week, Thibault came back, like you said, and he had a scoring outburst by his standards, which is a great boost to the Sixers. But his value rests on the defensive end. He remains one of the best five defenders in the sport when he's fit and healthy. And the Sixers still have the look of a very good team if they can get everyone back out on the court. So to get him back is great. Anything that he can give them on the offensive end is going to be a boost, and especially if he can keep converting his three ball and making plays in transition, that's basically what the Sixers are looking for. But defensively, like you say, that's where his bread is buttered. That's where he makes his impact. And that's where he will continue to be one of the most impactful role players in the NBA because of his defense.
We've spoken at length uh, about how great the Bulls have been this season so far. Uh, it looks like they've run into a couple of issues for the first time. They were blown out by the Pacers. They lost to the Rockets. Is this just the end of a long stint on the road? It's a couple of things. Uh, the loss to the Rockets yesterday was the night before Thanksgiving in America. And historically, that's a day where there are upsets galore. And I wouldn't read too much into the Rockets game particularly because, again, the Bulls probably had bigger things in their mind and celebrations and all of that sort of stuff. So the loss to the Rockets, obviously not great. I think the biggest thing with the Bulls is that they've performed much better than I personally thought they were going to during the first quarter of the season. And that level of them leading the Eastern Conference and looking like one of the best three or four teams in the league, that isn't a standard that they'll be able to live up to. So in some sense, they are settling back into where I personally believe they will end up, and that's around that four, five, six mark in the East. And that's still a tremendous level of basketball and a great improvement over last season. So they have also had a very tough stretch over the past 13 or 14 games leading into that Rockets encounter. They've been playing playoff teams and really going up against a great level of opposition. So I think it's a combination of them coming down from a very long stretch of games against great sides. And as I say, the holiday season in America kicking into gear. So the Bulls should rebound over the next week. They still are a definite playoff team in the East now. And they've drastically improved over last season. So there might be and there have been a couple of disappointing moments for the Bulls over the past week. And that might happen again going forward. But they still have taken a quantum leap forward over last season. And again, all Bulls fans out there should be very happy that the team is back in the playoff mix and playing with a great level. Question without notice, Ben, but uh, any uh, sweet Thanksgiving uh, memories from your time in the States? I do. I was lucky enough to get invited along to my housemate's family Thanksgiving. So that was a great party. Lots of food, um, (laughs) cold. I think the thing that stands out the most was the sweet potato pie. I would highly recommend lots of sweet potato, lots of brown sugar and lots of wine. It made for a great night. So (laughs) yeah, I was lucky I had uh, a good family fair to rock up to and the food I would highly recommend getting over there and getting well fed for an American Thanksgiving. Love that. Uh, Clay Thompson's return is getting closer and closer. I loved his comments around the Warriors this week. I just can't wait to see him back out on the court though. Yeah, the Warriors continue as a team, even without Clay to play the best basketball in the sport, sitting at 16-2, and two, leading all records, the best team on offense, the best team on defense. And they've got this guy, guy sitting on the sideline who, if he can return to even 85% of what he was before, is an amazing two-way player and will elevate them into clear favoritism to regain their NBA championship. So it's going to be a slow build-up with Clay. They will be conservative in terms of his minutes and his workload and he won't be out there playing full stretches just yet when he comes back but like you said that press conference he held during the week just gave a glimpse into his personality his passion and just why he's one of the most loved players around the NBA so getting him back out there alongside Steph Curry and all the new faces the Warriors have at the moment it's going to make them a deadly force but it's also going to make them a very entertaining watch and They already are that, but they're going to be even better to watch and they're just going to be must-watch when Clay Thompson comes back. Uh, Paddy Mills, I feel like we might be starting to run out of things to say about his form with Brooklyn so far this season. Uh, We had a listener of the overnight crowd uh, telling us that we should jump on Paddy for six-man of the year as well. (laughs) 
I think Paddy isn't getting enough minutes to win awards like that, but <laughs> he continues to have a great season. Statistically, he's shooting the ball and scoring the ball at a clip that's comparable to anything he did in San Antonio. And without Kyrie Irving, we're seeing him step into the starting lineup at times and be the third best player and the third most important player on that net side. So Paddy, throughout the regular season, is going to have moments like this week where he's playing big minutes and he's really getting the statistical output that backs up his impact. He's also going to have, if the Nets return to full health, stretches where he's playing a bit less, he's scoring the ball less, but that doesn't mean his impact is dropping off because he really is their every man and fills a lot of gaps and is a massive driver of their culture. And when we get to the playoffs and Brooklyn makes this championship run, Petty's going to be a very important piece. So the Nets just continue to piece things together. They still, despite all their well, noise, for lack of a better word, with their players and what's been going on, have the best record in the Eastern Conference and are finding form. So they're going to get into the playoffs and really make a dent at trying to win a championship. And Paddy Mills is going to be vital to that. And if Kyrie Irving doesn't return, then he could be starting playoff games and deep playoff games and making a massive impact for Brooklyn. The Wizards, uh, they've been pretty great so far this season, but they've lost two in a row since Kyle Kuzma unveiled that awful, awful jumper earlier this week. Ben, is there something in that? <laughs> oh, I don't know. They might be shocked after seeing uh, Kuzma's fashion sense, but I think Kuzma's done worse things in the NBA than come forth with that and... Full power to him. I actually Googled that. Uh, that's going for about $2,500. Oh, so yeah. if you want yeah. one, uh, jump on Google and you might be able to get yourself a set. <laughs> might have to uh, put it on layaway, <laughs> I think, mate. Uh, we'll just jump into the NBL bits uh, quickly before we let you go. Have any of the teams jumped out to you so far this preseason or have you felt like it's been a pretty even start uh, for a preseason competition anyway? It's been an even start. The pleasant surprise has been the Tassie side, seeing the Jack Jumpers obviously playing at home, but they've come out and you never, well, I personally can never really tell when expansion teams come in or what to expect, but they've hit the ground running pretty well and it, the wins and losses aren't the big driver there. It's just how much of a unit they look like on both ends of the floor. And it looks like they're going to be competitive from day one. So the Jack Jumpers have been a pleasant surprise. Bringing it back to locally here in Perth, the Wildcats have been a bit hit and miss, which is, again, to be expected considering their coach has only been in the country three weeks. So, again, the NBL has snuck up on us. It starts next week, and that's the most exciting thing. And I just hope that COVID um, is under control and the teams can get around and really get the season going because one thing that the preseason did show me is that there is great parity across the league and the standard of the play should be very high when it gets going next week. Any favourites for the season so far? Has your opinion changed uh, from pre-season competition? No. I think until proven otherwise, United, Melbourne United, that is, remain the favourites to defend their title, but they're going to get competition from all angles this year. South East Melbourne Phoenix, led by Mitch Creek and Ryan Brockoff, and it's their second year playing together, those two. They look to be... Again, the team that I think can challenge United the most, and I'd expect to see those two Melbourne sides really come to the top of the ladder once the season stabilises. Fantastic. Thanks again for the time, Ben. We'll follow your work on the pick and roll and on Twitter. Uh, Enjoy Margaret River this weekend. (laughs) Thank you. I will. Have a great weekend. Great to have Ben Malice from the pick and roll join us on the overnight crowd. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. 
Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.